Hey, Claiming Disability family, this is your girl, Erin Kay, founder of Claiming Disability Incorporated. Our organization works to empower, advocate, and educate for people with disabilities by creating media projects like this podcast for people with disabilities by people with disabilities. We have two very special guests for you today, Jim and Nicole from the acclaimed groundbreaking revolutionary crip camp documentary guys if you haven't seen this film it's available on netflix and it will change your life we hope you enjoy this riveting interview we laughed with jim we cried with nicole we gained a little insight and we really enjoyed ourselves thank you so much for listening and thank you for believing in the power of Crip Camp. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the You Belong Here podcast. It is me, Molly, and to my left, I got my girl, Erin. We are here to do another episode of the Claiming Disability podcast. We have some very special guests today, don't we? We really I'm very do. excited about this. This is a big deal. We've been marketing this thing for weeks and weeks and weeks. We are so excited. Um, you're living under a rock if you haven't heard of the Crip Camp documentary on Netflix. And uh, we are so excited. We've got the producers and directors with us to chat today. And I think we're gonna go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Go ahead, Nicole, you can go first. Hi, I'm Nicole Noonan, and I'm a co-director and co-producer of Crip Camp. And I'm really happy to be here with you guys today. We're so excited. I'm uh, Jim Lebrecht, co-director and co-producer with Nicole, and um, uh, I, I can't imagine a better way to start my Saturday, so. Oh my goodness! Oh, we are honored. We, you know what, we cannot think of a better way to start our Saturday, except I did have a chocolate donut this morning, which was a wonderful way to start my, my Saturday, but so this is, this is a very close second, Jim. Claiming Disability is super excited to have you both here. Like Molly said, if you haven't heard of the Crip Camp documentary, you've literally been living under a rock. Nicole, just to brag about you for a little bit, um, five-time Emmy award-winning nominee, correct? Five-time nominee and one win, yeah. Oh my <laughs> God, awesome. this is amazing. And Jim, you've been an advocate for many, many years, and I'm just so, he's in the documentary and he's highlighted in so many different ways, and I can't wait to dive into these questions. If you guys aren't familiar with Claiming Disability Incorporated, we are an organization that works to empower, advocate, and educate for people experiencing disabilities. We believe in media projects created like this for people with disabilities, by people yes. with disabilities. So without further ado, let's turn on Fortunate Son and go back in time 
to Camp Jeanette. Oh my goodness. I wish that I could have gone to Camp Jeanette. I mean, seriously. Talk to me a little bit about it, Jim. What do you remember most about the experience of Camp Jeanette? And what sort of, do, are there any defining moments that you remember that really changed your life? I guess, you know, it's it, kind of going back in time to remember the, the place, you know, obviously a great deal of fondness. And, um, yeah. and, you know, when you're 15, you don't really have this, you know, perception of the world very well so mm -hmm. you know certainly when you look back and in, in time and you realize oh my god what an incredible place that was yeah you know for me um i knew that it was a place that for two months um i was one of the cool kids you know i was you mm -hmm. know i wasn't didn't feel othered i didn't have the pressures or constant reminders that I had a disability and especially in the early 70s you know and mm -hmm. before 504 or the ADA you know discrimination uh, was much worse than it is today not that it's really wonderful <laughs> but that you know also like there were just a lot of fun people there you know and and you know they became friends over the years and um, and like so many other camps, I think that you become friends with counselors outside of camp. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I had that, and some of those people really kind of helped get me through some tough times in my adolescence. I think so. that's incredible. Yeah. I, anytime that I've watched the film, the thing that strikes me is that if you strip away the black and white footage, I feel like that could have been me and my friends so easily. So I went to a camp called Camp Courage in um, sort of northern Minnesota for about 10 years. And it was also a camp for kids with disabilities. And I remember having very similar feelings to you, Jim. Of I didn't grow up feeling like I belonged. So I have cerebral palsy and I'm a power wheelchair user. Uh, and I, at least from my 15 year old perspective, felt like I was the only one in my class who was different in any kind of way, which I know now as a much wiser adult, that that's <laughs> probably not true, but I felt like the only other when I was growing up. And so when I was at Camp Courage, all of a sudden I was one of the popular girls the boys were wanting to talk to me and they wanted my phone number. And uh, I just, I felt so much more normal. I hate that word because what is normal? It's relative um, to your experience. But I was telling Aaron that experience like that, where you're surrounded by people who are like you, I think really grounds you in your humanity. A hundred percent. And I want to kind of piggyback off of Molly here and toss a question to Nicole. One of the cool things you actually address in the documentary, Jim, you being a 15-year-old guy and necking with your girl, Nancy, <laughs> um, you know, around the quarters and stuff like that. And so 
In a lot of documentary films, I think we can all acknowledge as disabled people, as Molly said, she has cerebral palsy, so do I. But I use a walker. I've used a wheelchair in the past, but I use a walker. So I think the different kinds of representation that were represented in Crip Camp were wonderful. I loved that you utilize Denise, somebody who has a speech impediment, and typically people with cerebral palsy often do have speech impediments. So just that, that level of inclusion that exists. Nicole, how did you, for this film that is just a knockout for people in the disabled community and for people like myself who identify as disabled and fierce, how did you choose to, keep those scenes in knowing how critical they are to the disabled community you didn't shy away from disabled people using drugs you didn't shy away from disabled people getting crabs um you know how did you make those decisions as a director executive producer well uh first off you know jim and i made every decision jointly um and and I was really guided by Jim, you know, um, first of all, and then, you know, secondarily, like guided by what we learned through the process of making the film by all the other people that we engaged with and, and spoke with. There were people we spoke with who aren't in the film and the people who, who are and, and then uh, people from the community that Jim has tapped into that we showed early cuts to and discussed it. So, um, so I, I like, you know, for me, the the process of making a film was not unlike the process of, you know, going to Camp Jeanette in some way. Like we kind of had a little community of folks who were, who were, you know, discussing and thinking and talking about like what's important to show, you know, what do people not usually get to see in the media around the experience, like the lived, the true lived experience of a disability that would be really powerful for them to see. And so that was one principle. And Jim, from the very beginning, said, I think it would be awesome to, you know, when he pitched me the idea of working together on a film about his summer camp, um, sexuality was one of the first things you talked about, you know? Good. Uh, <laughs> Rock on, Jim! <laughs> yes. This would be important, you know? Yes. But of course. <laughs> but of course, we oh, Talked about the man and the woman and woman and woman and the birds and, and the bees and the yes. Uh, in his happy place, surrounded by beautiful, disabled, fierce women. So I mean, exactly. You know. No, seriously, it is a really, really important topic, um, disability and sexuality. But I, I just everything involved in the normal everyday experience of being a person with a disability, because I think a lot of times especially in the media, there is a lack of really natural, very honest representation of what it is to live with a disability. And so that's why I think this film is so critical. It is so special. And I'm really curious, so you talked a little bit about that, Nicole, Jim pitched you the idea of working together on this film. Jim, what was that pitch like? I mean, were you like, did you wake up at two o'clock in the morning one morning and go, oh my God, we need to make a film about Camp Jeanette and my experience. People need to know this. Or like, how did that happen? Good question. You know, it's been something that's been brewing for a long time. So I've, um, I've been the sound designer and mixer on 
three of Nicole's previous films. Okay. And, and so we've gotten to know each other over the course of, you know, 15 years. And, and parallel to getting to know her and really loving her work and, and us having a really wonderful friendship, um, I was getting more and more politically riled up, let's say, <laughs> that I was kind of like, okay, I'm working with all these great documentary filmmakers. I see the power of this work. And I'm not quite, there, there's a film out there that needs to be what you, I, you, really, you folks really identified, which is this yeah. real personal look. And so Nicole and I have lunch one day as she's wrapping up her last film, Revolutionary Optimist. And I'm pitching her different ideas because I, 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 I want to, I, Let's, let's make a film. And yeah. almost offhandedly at the end of this, because I was talking about, we need a film about non-disabled siblings and, you know, all sorts of other things that yeah. are really heavy duty and intense, but there's, you know, there's grief out there that we need to unleash and heal. Yeah. I want to see a movie someday about my summer camp. It's kind of something I just kind of threw off. And uh, and because I did know that there was this interesting story about people going from New York out to California. So yeah. yeah, and that's one of the biggest highlights of the film. So Judy Human, who is huge in the disabled community and a huge disabled activist, I believe she was just on the Daily Show with <laughs> Noah Trevor, uh, talks about Crip Camp and her experience. And you guys move throughout the film to Camp Jeanette and how Judy talks and you talk to him about how you meet your folks, you know, when you're protesting for the 504 Rehabilitation Act and how that really bridged, you know, that created that movement. So it's really interesting because here at Claiming Disability, we believe that you can claim your disability and it's a fierce part of your identity. Now, in the film, Jim, you kind of go back and forth where, now, y'all, if you haven't seen the film, Jim's a hellraiser. He's riding a motorcycle. Uh -huh. He's uh, doing all yeah. that stuff. He's uh, trying, he really feels, I believe this is a direct quote, like he's overcome his disability. But what I like about that piece of the film is you say, actually, it's a pretty critical part of my identity. Do you feel like Camp Jeanette helped you claim your disability in that way? I think that I, for the first time in my life, especially because I met Judy at Camp Jeanette, I realized that there was actually, it was possible for us to fight back and win that she prevailed in her suit against the New York City School District for a teaching mm -hmm. position. Plus, let alone, I mean, uh, anybody that's heard Judy talk or has met her, she's been this way since day one of my knowing her. Just a very, like you say, fierce. Woo! She a fierce disabled woman. Hello, goodbye. Like, we need more of that in our lives, fierce disabled women. Well, Thank God we have the two of you. Yeah, so, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, absolutely. So, so, I mean, I think my sense of identifying that disability 
wasn't something to be ashamed of or that, you know, that there was an ability to affect change uh, was important to me. And that's why while I was in high school, I was involved with Disabled in Action. And when I went off to college, I started the Disabled Students Union at UC San Diego. Um, but um, so it's, you know, it isn't, and I think for Judy and some other people, they, it was kind of like from what she says in the girls bunk, where a lot of yeah. them were really talking about this stuff. And, yeah. you know, I think I was more interested in listening to the Almond Brothers as I went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 smoking and making out is that what you were into <laughs> um Gee, yeah, you know I, you're right I, now i remember yes i don't know how to talk about this stuff you guys are killing me <laughs> oh my goodness oh jim you can survive i know it half an hour longer you can do it um so and this is something that we talk a lot at uh, Claiming Disability Incorporated through our podcast, through our um, CD authors blog. We've invited people from all over the world to share their stories online and share their videos and pictures. Um, and then we've got a weekly live stream show that we do on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but the whole point of that is we want to take back our power to um, rewrite the narrative of what it is to be disabled. Um, and something that we say all the time is that disabled is not a bad word. And there is such a negative connotation to it. Um, and something else that we say, and it's a t-shirt in our merch store, uh, disabled does not mean unable. So it's just kind of spinning the idea of what it is to be disabled on its head and we want to empower people to do that and i kind of feel like through this film jim and nicole together and judy and everybody else that came back together to make it possible you all are sort of rewriting the narrative of what it is to be disabled um, and what it means to live with a disability and can you talk a little bit about what that has meant to you, what this process has meant to you. Um, Nicole, maybe you can touch on a little bit of what have you learned? I mean, I can only see a portion of you, but I'm assuming uh, you do not have a physical disability. So I'm just curious if you've learned anything through this process or Jim, what it has meant to you to work on this film. You wanna start, Jim? I would love for you to start if you would. <laughs> um, so I apologize, my internet connection is kind of going in and out. So just like, like we can, you know, let me know if it becomes yeah, a problem. No, but, you're good. Um, you know, one interesting thing is that um, I think every person, you know, on the planet is connected to disability in, and usually in pretty significant ways. Um, and, but I don't think that I think as, um, you know, as non-disabled people who are like everyone else connected to disability, we don't necessarily think of that as kind of a civil rights or social justice issue typically. And for me, I had kind of an epiphany midway working on this film where I was thinking back to my grandmother who had rheumatoid arthritis and, and lived with us and, and was a wheelchair user um, throughout my entire childhood. And 
I started thinking about what our experience had been like and how every single time we tried to go anywhere, it was a problem. And how I always thought of that as our own family's issue, you know, like kind of the thing that we, the, the thing that we had to deal with. And it was, you know, our own thing. None of that happened. Yeah. Oh, good. No problem. <laughs> so, you know, like I remember when I was little asking my mom why we didn't go to church. And she said, well, you know, we grew, I grew up going to the Episcopal church and it was a really big part of our family life. But when, yeah. when my mom became a wheelchair user and couldn't get into the church, she asked the church if they could find some way to connect with her, come visit her or, you know, make, make her figure out a ramp into the church, you know, find some way that she could be a part of the church life. And they just dropped her like a hot potato, according to my mother. Um, and my mom turned her back on organized religion. And, and so anyway, I'm just, I'm just saying that to say that, like, it took, you know, a year or so of me working on this film for me to suddenly think like, that wasn't cool. <laughs> all, all of that that we experienced, you know, didn't have to be that way. Um, and so I, I think that for non-disabled people watching this film, I mean, I, my, my hope is that, is that everyone has that kind of epiphany. Um, and that, um, that everyone starts to see disability as just like something, you know, just, just a, a part of the variation of, of human experience, which is of course what it is. That's beautiful. That was a good answer, Nicole. I'm glad you came back to life and could finish that thought because it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jim? Anything to add? Anything? Anything? Uh, look, um, you know, here's the great thing about making this film. There's a two-way street for Nicole and I. Yeah. Because I really, through her eyes and her experience, I became educated about the sexism that is really prevalent in society in general. And yeah. that our business is no different than the rest of the world. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen how painful it is. And I, I had a certain learning curve to really get it. I mean, I empathize fairly well with people, but to really kind of see it took some time and some hard, honest conversations. Yeah. But, yeah. I, but I think that, so what I'm trying to say, well, I think I've said it is just that we both learned from each other. And yep. I think that it's made us closer friends <laughs> and, you know, made me a better man. That's, That's amazing. Fantastic. And the other piece of that, I th Jim, pretty early on in the film, you say something that really struck me hard. Like, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, this is a film I will thoroughly enjoy. <laughs> I, you were in a parade as a child in a wheelchair and you said that your father had told you you have to have a pretty loud boisterous personality to be a person with a disability yep. and be the applicants that we are and i think you even say something like if you don't have that piece built in you're screwed and what's interesting is throughout the film you know you see how important the disability yeah. advocacy pieces. And not only that, 
there were so many other movements involved. The Black Panther movement, the LBGTQI movement, like there was such an opportunity for learning and growth during that time. I think it's really interesting on things like, you know, Miss America that focuses on equal rights. Disabled people aren't even a factor. And this was going on the, you know, advocating for the 5014 Vocational Rehabilitation Act was going on at the exact same time during these movements, but somehow it's not highlighted. How do you think we bridge that gap and get disability on the forefront of these equality conversations? We keep pushing. Yeah. We keep pushing for it. Um, I've been working hard in the documentary community and getting involved in uh, convening other film, documentary filmmakers with disabilities. We now have an organization that we started um, called Forward Doc, Filmmakers with Disabilities. Oh, cool. And, um, and, and the, the website that we have now is uh, www.fwd-doc.org. We'll have that in the comments. Okay, button. yes we will. That'd be great. That show notes. Yep. Yeah, and so um, we all have, I believe that we all have the ability to advocate for ourselves and others. Not all of us are called to do that. Not yep. all of us feel comfortable doing that. No one should ever feel pressured about it. But if you're not comfortable being a voice, if you can support other people who are the voice, it's really, it's, it's really important. We're at a really interesting time right now where we're seeing media, of people with disabilities in films and television, yep. for the most part in, in a better light. And it's not always these kind of tragic tropes or mm -hmm. super, super crips, you know, yeah. uh, going on. Um, and that um, we certainly, think that the success of Crip Camp is opening up the eyes and minds of people in the entertainment business that, you know, you don't have to stick with the same old safe, quote unquote, safe ideas. Yeah, no, Jim, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. We were part of a uh, disability in media and fashion and beauty um, panel yesterday with a bunch of women, um, disabled women and uh, disabled models in New York City last night. And kind of talking all about the same stuff. And some of the women said, you know, I'm getting really tired of feeling like a token or sort of this, this trophy or this, um, you know, this inspiration porn, if you will. Um, <laughs> And I, and I really just want people with disabilities to just be seen in the light of just humanity and not just um, these, these kind of narratives of, you know, being inspirational for just breathing and living and getting out of bed, which in some ways I would sometimes like a pat on the back for that because it's, it's, a lot of work to get out of bed sometimes, but at the same time, we are capable of so much and we 
we can offer so much to community and I think we just want to be highlighted for that, for our efforts and for what we give to the world and not necessarily um, what we use to get around or what our bodies look like. And I would agree with you that I think this film is, is helping to sort of move that conversation along um, and really show the human side of disability. I know we've touched on that already, but it's just something that I'm so thankful for. Um, and a film like this has been so needed. Yeah, so I feel like you're creating these like, and I love somebody in the movie says army of cripples. And I love the idea of an army of cripples. Yeah. And so this has created, and Nicole, you know, Jen, you guys have been phenomenal. You guys have created some virtual movements that have come out of the Crip campaign. Yeah. Because, like Molly said, it's such a real, raw experience. It's disability in all the lights. It's the struggle. It's the happy times of getting to play sports and everybody getting to play, whether you're good or not. Like, yeah. and which, you know, people with disabilities don't typically have those experiences. But yeah. at the end, we get to have sex, we get to hang out, we get to smoke weed, we get to be a normal person. We get to yeah. experience the full spectrum of emotions. And I think sometimes what's really lacking in the disabled narrative that's going on right now with movies like, you know, You Before Me and movies like that is the, the good, the positive that can come out of having a disability. Yeah. Having a lens that makes you empathetic. In my day job, I work nonprofit. So I'm able to relate to clients on a level of, hey, I understand. I take paratransit. I've used food stamps. I'm on Medicaid. I'm currently going through the privatization of Medicaid as a system and I'm experiencing myself. It's that realness mm -hmm. of like having a disability. You're still a human being with all the wants and all the needs and all the things. Yeah. That's why it's so cool. Is yeah. There's lots of stories about disability, but the way you framed it, Nicole and Jim, is like we're human. This is our life. Yeah. And I, something that uh, really stuck out to me in the film, Aaron kind of already touched on it. I don't remember if it was uh, a gentleman by the name of Steve or it was one of your um, camper friends, Jim, but said, if you are a handicapped person and you have a passive nature about you, you're screwed. Um, and that hit me in all the feels because there's nothing more true than that. And I think growing up, um, when I was younger, when I was, you know, 15, 16, I was definitely a wallflower. I didn't, I knew I was different and I knew that I stuck out like a sore thumb, but I didn't want to. And so I was like, well, okay, I'll just be really quiet and no one will notice me. Um, but then I kind of, I, you know, I always say there's like a tipping point. There's a switch that goes off, at least for me, where I was like, okay, actually this disability is an asset. It's not a limit. And um, I'm here for a reason. And that's when I got to college and started doing a lot of advocacy work and 
helping to change some policies on the campus that related to um, housing for students with disabilities so that they could better receive the accommodations they needed. And so when I really started getting into advocacy and using my voice and realizing that I had power, that's when I really started to settle into my disability and understand that it's a good thing and it's not awful um, and bad. And I think Crip Camp kind of shows a side of that. I mean, with um, all of you getting super riled up, rightly so, about um, you know legislation and, and talking to lawmakers and, and starting um, the revolution. And I think it's a really awesome lesson for kids coming up now to see this kind of thing and to see that you can make change even if you feel like a minority that nobody can see and nobody can hear, you can make them see you and you can make them hear you. What is something that you hope young people with disabilities really get out of this film? I mean, I, I wanna say just that I think one of the most powerful things, and this was also something that, you know, Jim, from the get-go knew was important and powerful about this concept for a film was it shows it shows a community and a culture yes. and i think you know so many people don't i mean and jim would say that to me when i would come in to mix my previous films with him he'd say you know we have a community and you know we have a culture and you know there are all these amazing people and all these, you know all this diversity and it's really incredible and cool and so we wanted from the beginning the film to show that, you know, and even though it's historical, I think it, um, you know, we've been really delighted to see that young people really resonate with that. And so we, you know, we had some brain trusts where we gathered lots of, you know, really incredible folks in the disability community, activists, artists, all different kinds of people and asked them like, what do you think this film can best do, you know, in the world? Yep. So we were, as we were thinking about our impact campaign, and people said, you know, there's lots of people out there who still don't know that they're going to find, like you were just saying, like find their power in community and find their power in connecting with other people with disabilities. And so, yeah. so that's what we've really tried to do with the impact campaign is kind of make connections between this, you know, really powerful story um, out of history and what's happening right now, which is also really powerful and incredible, especially, you know, mm -hmm. We've been really excited by the work of the disability justice movement and um, a lot of, you know, the young, the sort of centering of voices of LGBTQ people and people of color in the disability um, movement. And so um, that's what our uh, virtual Crip Camp series, which starts this weekend, is um, is kind of focused around. And 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 yeah, we we just want uh, to to provide on ramps for people, you know, to to come together and and find community and celebrate community. And I think, you know, what has also been interesting is that that um, because of the intersectionality of the disability movement, I think that's reaching and speaking to people and different identity groups and different communities as well, you know? Um, yes. So yeah, that's, that's, that's one thing. I think that we really are, one of our top goals was to try to reframe what it means to have a disability for people within the community and outside the community. Mm -hmm. 
that that the more people within our community who identify and find brother and sisterhood with others are going to make their lives easier, become a more formidable political movement. Mm -hmm. um, and the more people that are, um, it's, it's just, it's, I, I, I just, there's no negatives to identifying and being part of our community and, and how powerful that is. So, and I think the, what we wanted for our film, this is an example, mm -hmm. this, this podcast. Yeah. You, you two, incredibly fierce, as I see on your show, Aaron. <laughs> women, fierce. fierce. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's that you, our hope was that people could take our <laughs> film and kind of use it to draw attention to what's most important to them. That yeah. what the issues are in Milwaukee are going to be different than maybe in Los Angeles uh, or, in, or in a very, very rural part of Pennsylvania. But that yeah. if our film could help start conversations um, that um, then, you know, or, you know, then we've done something really powerful and it has. Mm -hmm. We saw at Sundance where they had a, uh, the, the political leaders in Utah get to choose one film that they kind of, this is for like state and local folks. Yeah. And they chose Crip Camp to watch. So we had a special screening. <laughs> That's and we fantastic. Hear, and we hear, you know, a couple of weeks later that this one legislator said after watching Crip Camp that they wanted to go back and look at what their transportation plans were. <gasps> That's so uh, cool. That makes me so happy because if there's anything that I feel is some of the biggest rub of living with a disability, it's public transportation. So I have chosen just for safety reasons and other things that come along with having CP not to drive. And so because of that, I take public transportation, but it's a pain in my rear because there's a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. And I always feel like, although I'm so thankful for this service, I feel like it is set up in a way that, um, it just denies that people with disabilities have lives and important things that we need to go do. Um, and so th just that's a whole nother can of worms and a whole nother. It's another can of worms, but it's really relevant because there was actually a part in the film where Judy is sitting down with her camp counselor, I think it's yeah. Leroy, and they were talking about how on uh, paratransit, I take paratransit, Molly takes paratransit. Sure do. Got to get to our nine to fives because believe it or not, people with disabilities work. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah. But, but, but I, I, I remember, you know, uh, like needing to like arrange for like a wheelchair repair or something, right? Years ago, and like you get this call, we scheduled you for an appointment, and blah blah blah. And what does that say? It says that I'm home all the time. Right. Yeah. They think I'm home all the time. Yeah, oh no. You're a busy man. And not only that, yeah. you have to overcome. You were talking about like three years 
where you were working sound at that local theater and you couldn't get in the door? Let's talk about that, Jim. <laughs> so there was a funny moment that happened when we were uh, working on this film. We brought it to the Sundance uh, documentary edit lab and we were workshopping the story and we were sitting in a big group of other editors and filmmakers talking about kind of what we envisioned the narrative structure of the documentary to be and all that. And this one person said, I don't know, I'm just not feeling the conflict. What's the conflict? And this other oh one, goes, she goes, uh, getting through the fucking door. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's going to be a snake. What is the conflict? Wow. <laughs> Let me list for you all the conflicts. Oh, there's a level oh. of pathos with just like having a disability. And that's, and it makes me sad. And Nicole, you touched on this. We are a community. We are a culture. There are good parts about having a disability and there are bad, just like the normal human experience. Yeah. Like, what I'd like to see in terms of media is more badass films like this showing people with disabilities taking names and going down to their local governments and being like, hey, we're not going to move. We're not going to bathe until you do something. Like, it's just, yeah, I want to see, see it all. Like, well, and I think that's one of the really cool things about this film is that it shows that that is possible. Not only is it possible, but that it works. And um, something that I will always come back to when I talk about this film is that there are so many parts of it that are timeless. Because, you know, Nicole, you were saying, e even though this is historical, but I'm thinking, oh my God, but that could be my friends and I right now. Like, even though that was 40 years ago, we're still fighting the good fight. And, and I think we're going to be fighting for a really long time. But the neat thing about this film is that it gives so much power and it gives so much hope. And I think it really does um, help you feel, as a person with a disability watching it, it helps you feel like um, your experience is not in vain and that if you want to go uh, do something about it, if you want to go say something, you can go say something. And while there might be some barriers, you can get over them. You can get over them. You can go through them. You can go around them. And, and that's the thing about people with disabilities. We don't give up very easily at all. Um, and, and that was one of the really neat things I think that this film highlights is how tough we really are. Um, I think there's this idea that people with disabilities are weak and fragile and, um, sad and homebound and, but, not sexually <laughs> but that's not true. We are some of the strongest most hardworking, most dedicated humans on the planet. And I'm just so happy that this film is doing so much good work to um, raise that awareness. So I, I can't thank both of you enough for your work. And I'm really excited to see all the things that this film is gonna do and make happen 
because I think you're only scratching the surface. You guys are only scratching the surface. And Kim, you brought up your um, film guild of people with disabilities who are filmmakers. I have a friend who has a disability who is a filmmaker. I actually have a couple friends who are have disabilities and are filmmakers. And um, even our friend, Mick Rosenthal, his family yes. is affiliated with this yes. film. How, how pave the way for people with disabilities who want to tell stories like this in the future? Nicole, are you seeing any kind of movement in Hollywood or in the documentary field where you believe that people with disabilities can be film directors, can be, can do all these things? Because I think right now there's, we're still kind of making the narrative fit that kind of sad, you know. And the thing about media, like when you when you portray a disabled person as sad, sexually inactive, you know, all the tropes that exist, the stereotypes, people believe those stereotypes. Oh so yeah. How do we break those barriers for people with disabilities who want to get into the film industry or even have that representation being actors and actresses themselves. How do we break down those barriers? Well, I want to kick that back over to Jim because, um, because Jim is actually like um, at the, at the center of a movement in the documentary world, which he and I are a part of um, to, to try to um, make a lot of things happen. But we have, we have seen um, that there is kind of a growing, um, a growing movement in the industry that reminds me of what, um, say, Asian Americans who are trying to break into Hollywood and challenge, you know, stereotypes and whatnot. Um, yep. You know, it's about, I would say that it feels to me, I don't know if you agree with this, Jim, that disability community is about like 20 years or so behind, you know, um, but there are some sort of similar um, you know, strategies and kinds of um, early wins and the formation of, um, of, of, of groups and, and communities within the industry that are starting to form. And I feel like there's also a growing interest and recognition in Hollywood about tapping into the talent and the um, diversity yeah. and the, the representation. So, but, but, but Jim is really, um, you know, one of the people leading this charge. I would say that we need our Will and Grace. We need our Ellen show. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I love that reference. Will oh, um, and Grace. Well, if you're looking for two beautiful disabled gals to have a sitcom with, yeah. I mean, we're here. <laughs> I mean, we I'm thinking so of a Golden here. Girls kind of young. <laughs> Troublemaker type project, yeah, exactly. The focus isn't even the disability, the focus doesn't have to be pet store, and we're just living life, you know. The auto pet story, we haven't even talked about this pitch, but I like it. I like it. Yeah, we, Jim, we said we weren't going to be shy about letting you know if you need two beautiful disabled ladies to do anything for you, we're here. Well, thank you. I, it's, not, it's not like after a half a nanosecond, I didn't realize I was dealing with two incredibly dynamic women. So, you know, it's, it's, 
because they say fuck yeah, you know. Yeah, woo! That's, that's the gym from the 70s. There's a little bit of it left inside me, trust me. What is it? What is the joke? There may be there may be snow on top and there's still fire in the furnace. Oh no. <laughs> Nicole is scared for life. <laughs> oh. What I'm trying to say, what I was really trying to say very subtly, which I'm not very good at, is that I'm know, not good at subtly. We all either. have our spirit, right? We all have our fire. Yeah. And I'm really fortunate to be alive. I am fortunate to um, have everything that I have today. Yep. And and part of what I'm fortunate about is that I have this ability to enjoy life and to meet people and laugh. Mm -hmm. Really, really um and be part of something really important that I yeah. am really hoping is going to um have a long, long legacy. And and I think that it will. Like I said, you're only scratching the surface. Um before we close out, Jim, just because in my head right now, all I see is 15-year-old you and you were so handsome and I'm oh, telling you, I'm telling you. Oh, okay, stop, I, stop right there. Stop right there. So on your materials, you put a hashtag disability so cute, didn't you? Yeah, disabled and cute. Yeah, disabled and handsome. All of it. I'm not aware, Jim. I'm disabled as fuck. But I'm still hot as hell. Like, I mean, really, she is. I really want to know, 15-year-old you, if you go back to who you were and how you were as 15-year-old you, 16-year-old you, did you ever think while you were going to Camp Jeanette that your experience there would turn into this? I, I don't think at 15, you know, you, you don't know anything far ahead <laughs> than, you yeah. know, you know, when you're going to see Nancy again, you know? It's uh, like, yeah. That's true. Oh, that's true. But, but, but indeed, this, uh, this moment of time of having been given a camera to do a tour, yeah, camp, which is part of our footage is um you know you don't think that it's going to be much of anything but in looking back it was important to me to do it yeah and and i put myself in a position that i was asked to do it and mm -hmm. so i think there was a perhaps there was just a iota of the future person working in the arts yeah that, yeah that, that wanted to start playing and doing things yeah. Have you always wanted to work in the arts? Have you known that this would always sort of be your pathway? I was always kind of interested in sound, fell into the drama clique in high school. You know, I just loved watching comics on, you know, it's going to really age me on the Ed Sullivan show and, and, and such, you know, I was a real, just real fan of comedy. Yeah. So I really hoped that I would somehow get involved with the, um, entertainment business and yes and you sure have i think it's really fascinating jim you said you know not everyone is comfortable to be you know out there in sort of the public eye and being a voice for the t disabled uh community but i think it's fascinating 
that there are so many of us that are creatives, um, that are makers of something, anything, um, that is helping to push the message out uh, that disability is good, uh, it is here to stay, it's empowering, um, and that we deserve a seat at the table, that we all belong here. I think it's, you know, Aaron and I, our creatives, we're both writers. We, you know, do this podcast and a whole bunch of other things. And we've got friends who are in the film business and, and doing other projects that um, are really putting disability in the spotlight. Um, and I, again, just come back to Crip Camp, the documentary is, I think, just a really awesome uh, representation of that change and that possibility and, and that work that is so critical and just needs to continue happening. Uh, and I'm so excited to see what the future holds, not only for you, Jim, and you, Nicole, but just what this it almost feels like the revolution you all started is coming back to life. It needs a and sequel, Nicole. Like, it needs a sequel. Like, yes. Then you yes. go after yes. Tom Harkin years. I'm from Iowa. Molly's from Minnesota. Tom Harkin, represent. Like, <laughs> uh, he's a pretty big deal around these parts. Um, but <laughs> A number of people have suggested that Crip Camp Two would be the, you know, would be the activists of this generation, and and that had yeah, really hurt to me. But I, I love the idea of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Continuing and just the thing that was interesting, Molly and I were talking about this earlier. Crip Camp. So when we started claiming disability and we started uh, slogans like disabled and fears, you know, the hash, uh, we didn't start the hashtag disabled and cute, disabled as fuck, but we use those hashtags because they're part of our community. They're part of the disabled experience. We sometimes experience backlash using identity first language versus person first language. Uh, we actually get that all the time of, you know, it's actually, um, it's actually, you need to say persons with disabilities. And I'm like, well, actually there's identity first and there's person first. So and it's a choice. Like yeah. The whiplash, you know, that kind of came back when you were like, Kripkia, just put it out there. Kripkia, army of cripple. Like, you know, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we wanted a title that would, um, catch attention. Well, that, and then. That's what I said. As, as a marketing professional, I was like, you know what? If anything else, people scrolling through Netflix or, you know, checking out stuff online, they're going to see Crip Camp and they're going to go, what the is that? Because, you know, we're in a time where people are really focused on being super PC and saying all the right things and, oh my God, you can't say that. That's offensive. And cripple is one of those words that has always kind of made me cringe a little bit so i can actually say thanks to your film um i'm settling into that term a little bit and it doesn't scare me as much as it used to so thank you for that but i but i think this day and age you know you hear something like cripple and people are like oh you can't say that or that's such an ugly word and so i think having uh, a title like crip camp uh First of all, it wakes people up, but I think 
it's sort of allowing people to um, say that word, sort of let it settle on their tongue a little bit, even just the word disabled. I think just all together, it helps to make people uh, feel better saying those words because they're not, they're not bad words. They're not four-letter words, even though we, we say four-letter words around here quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, so I just, you know, good, good choice on a title. I, I, uh, I approve. We, we felt really um, strongly that whatever the title was, it had to communicate, you know, two key things about the film. One, one that it was going to be this insider perspective. You know, here you have a filmmaker, co-director with a disability telling mm -hmm. his own story, and that's your guide into the film. And so we, we didn't, we wanted the title to carry that perspective. And, and then two, we wanted it to carry um, what we called in our edit room, the spirit of Steve. Steve is the guy who said, if you have a passive nature. Yes. You know, okay. I was right. I was right. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> Steve was, you know, a punk and he had this oh, like amazing punk attitude. And also he was like, I mean, like, I think everyone who watches the film falls in love with Steve. Um, yes. But, you know, it's because he's just like, he's filled with that, like, I'm just going to live my life on my own terms and, and screw you kind of attitude that, yeah. is, that is so powerful. And so we wanted the title to communicate something of that too. We actually wanted every scene in the film to communicate something of that spirit of Steve. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, Crip Camp did that you know, and yes, we knew it that we, there was going to be a liability to a certain extent, but I think we had the chutzpah to feel like the film was going to be good enough to kind of deserve that title or be able to carry that title on its shoulders, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think just in general, people with disabilities, we have chutzpah because we know that um, we can sometimes be seen as a liability or we can sometimes uh, be looked at as like, what are you doing here? This is not a place for you. This place is not accessible to you. What are you doing here? So we know that inadvertently we don't, we're living in a world that wasn't made for us. We don't actually feel all the time like we belong here in the world, in this space. And so we've had to create that space for ourselves. That's why we call this podcast the You Belong Here podcast, because we want everyone to know whether they come on to the podcast as a guest or they're listening, everyone belongs to have belongs wherever they are and they deserve to have a seat at the table. And, and um, yeah, so that's just a very long winded way of saying that I agree with you. And, and I think on some level that title and knowing you were going to have some pushback, that is just a, that example of, life with a disability. Exactly. Yeah. That's very, very um, great to hear. That's, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it in exactly that way. That's really Well, cool. you're welcome. Yeah. I mean, this is a really powerful film. The lives in terms of, you know, just, I love the fact that this exists. I know that's very simple, but considering the fact that there's not enough media out there portraying us in an accurate way like this film changed my life and 
I mean, I cried while, while watching it because I felt so seen. Yep. Seeing it. And my favorite part is always going to involve Jim because <laughs> they always want to cut like sex out of the equation. They always do. And that's the biggest sticking point for me is just like, we're, we're human. We're not children. Denise talks about this too. You know, she says, who would want to fuck me? Well, you know, I mean, she says it more comically, but like, that's an experience. And you guys didn't cut any of it out. You didn't cut out yeah. the drugs. You didn't cut out the sex. You didn't cut out the nookie. But was there a scene that ended up on the cutting room floor where you're just like, these disabled people, woo, they need to cool it. Like, were there just some parts from the Human Rights Commission that came in and did that footage? Because uh, now it's archival. But were there some scenes where you're just like, you know what, that's, that's better left in my memories. <laughs> The the uh, the the punk um, strip tease that Steve is yes. a part of. Yes, and that, I, the inclusion of the LGBTQI community, is which I think is so important. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and plus, I mean, it's incredible, right? It's an incredible performance, just yes. on, uh, on its he own. Killed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, that got a little more risque than folks were comfortable with um, in its totality. <laughs> but I think there's another documentary being made about the, the group that put on those performances. Oh, good, good, Maybe good, it'll good. see the, light of, the full light of day. Perfect. I know that we have to wrap up, um, yes. unfortunately, but I, can I just say this to you? That it's been at times impossible to really get a good sense of what Crip Camp is doing out in the world. We know that yeah. people are really liking it. We've had a lot of conversations, but so many things that you've said in this last hour <laughs> have really touched me. Good, good. And, um, and helped me to see um, the power of what Nicole and I, good. and everybody we've worked with has been accomplishing and doing. So I'm really grateful that we got a chance. Good, well, we are, equally if not more grateful that we got to spend an hour with the two of you no. and, uh, selfishly i hope that this is not the end i hope that we cross paths again or find some other way to partner and work on something because um aaron and i are hungry you know like i said i keep saying scratch the surface and it's so true there's so much more that needs to be done and there's there's so many more out there who want to tell the Tell their stories so um we are we are here we are ready we are hungry so um thank you so much for your time thank you so much for the film and it had just like aaron said it has equally changed my life and uh you guys are magic magic how are you thank you with disabled people yeah who have said that this film has changed their life we have been in contact with so many people who are like, after I watched this documentary, I was changed. Yep. People, disabled people alike, we feel seen and heard. That's why we do what we do. There needs yep. to be more media projects with people with disabilities involved. Yep. 
Let's get out there. Just the beginning, guys. You guys rock. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. You guys are wonderful, and we'll be in touch. Bye-bye. Look forward to it. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, Jim. Hey guys, wasn't that awesome? If you want more information on the Crip Camp documentary, A Disability Revolution, you can go to Netflix and select it. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Please stop by our merch store if you can. Link in bio on Instagram. Thanks.